once again, and welcome to episode 83 of Be Boomer Unleashed. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Be Boomer Unleashed. Today's episode, we continue our discussion regarding the fascination of socialism today, but this time uh, we get a perspective from an old-timer, me. So uh, we'll be talking about that uh, today and maybe next week as well. And we're going to go right to the horse's mouth for the information this time and uh, uh, tell you exactly what the Democratic Socialists of America have to say about socialism. Before we get into today's episode, though, let me remind you where you can always find our podcast. You can find us at beboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at Be Boomer Unleashed, on iHeartRadio at B.BoomerUnleashed. And you can find our link on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram at Be Boomer Unleashed. And on Twitter, you can find our link at Be Boomer Unleash One. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at BeBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's BeBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com. And give us your suggestions, your comments, your criticisms. And as always, if you'd like to be a guest on the Be Boomer Unleashed podcast, tell us what you'd like to talk about, and we'll try our very best to get you on the podcast. Well, this week we continue our look at the current fascination with socialism, but but instead of looking at it through the eyes of a millennial or a Gen Xer, as we have for the past six episodes, we're going to look at it through the eyes of an old-timer, and that would be me. I was born in 1950, so that makes me an old-timer. I turned 70 in July, and uh, so we're going to take it from my perspective, plus... As I said, we're going straight to the horse's mouth. We're going to the Democratic Socialists of America website and let you know what they have to say about socialism. Well, uh, as we begin this discussion, let me review with you what we used as a definition of capitalism, socialism, and communism so you'll know exactly where we're coming from and what we're talking about. The definition of capitalism as found in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary is an economic system characterized by private or corporate ownership of capital goods, by investments that are determined by private decision, and by prices, production, and the distribution of goods that are determined mainly by competition in a free market. So capitalism is what we primarily operate as an economic system today. We have venture capitalists who go out and invest their money and start up businesses and take all the risk involved in starting those businesses. Or we look at investors who invest their money into a capital endeavor that they think is going to be successful. And not only is there an opportunity for great reward, there's also an opportunity for great risk and great loss. As happens in many startup businesses, they just don't make it. So uh, that's capitalism. It's a free market enterprise. I know, um, you know, right now if you try to buy some ammunition or a gun, the uh, prices of ammunition are higher. Why is that? Because of the free market. There's a shortage of ammunition right now because everybody's been buying it up. So 
the law of supply and demand come in, so the supply goes down, the price goes up, and that's part of the free market system that we operate under today. Then we take a look at socialism. Uh, There's uh, authoritarian socialism or what some folks call democratic socialism, and we'll talk a little more about that. But that's any of various economic and political theories advocating collective or governmental ownership and administration of the means of production and distribution of goods. So no private ownership of capital goods, no private ownership of business, but all this is owned by the collective Um, which is the citizenry or a governmental ownership. And 99 times out of 100, it's governmental ownership. It starts out to be, oh, this is wonderful, and we're going to talk about that as we look at the Democratic Socialists of America. That sounds like a wonderful system, a wonderful thing, but, you know, when it gets down to actuality, you've got a handful of people ruling everything and and deciding how everybody's money is going to be spent. Then there's uh, also a definition of socialism would be a system of society or group living in which there is no private property. I think a good example of that would probably be the hippie communes back in baby boomer days, back in the 60s and 70s, where a bunch of hippies got together and they lived on a commune and they shared everything, including their wives and their husbands. And, you know, that was just uh, they lived together and just lived off the fat of the land or anything they could get their get their hands on. Or if they could give it, get a government welfare check, they, they were happy to take that. But uh, they, it was kind of like a hippie commune. Um, or it can be defined as a system or condition of society in which the means of production are owned and controlled by the state. So that's probably the most common form of socialism in that all of these businesses are owned by the state. You know, you think about the federal government. Every time they get their finger in something, um, they mess it up. So imagine them owning every business, owning every business. Or a stage of society in Marxist theory, and Karl Marx, the great inventor, one of the great inventors of socialism, Uh, It's a transition, he says, between capitalism and communism. So Marx admittedly uh, put socialism as a stepping stone to communism. You go from capitalism to socialism, then communism. And it's distinguished by unequal distribution of goods and pay according to the work done. Then we get to communism which is a natural outcropping of socialism. Now, they will argue that that's not the truth. That's not the case, but it is. Communism is a system in which goods are owned in common and are available to all as needed, a theory advocating elimination, elimination of private property. And that's what we're looking at today. And that's why I really wanted to talk a bit about socialism. And as I've told you before, I approach everything here from a conservative Christian point of view. Uh, This program is not political by nature, but it's pretty hard to talk about socialism. It's pretty hard to talk about the world around us today if we don't 
at least mention politics in some way, shape, form, or fashion, as Governor Justice (laughs) likes to say. So, you know, we need to talk about the politics of it a bit. And this election coming up is not just an election between Democrat and Republican. It's really not. And we're going to talk more about that as we wrap up this discussion next week. But it's a choice between two different systems of government. I think we're going to have a choice. Do we continue as capitalists? Do we continue with private ownership of property? Or do we go with socialism that is public ownership of property? And everybody said, oh, well, that's great. That's great, public ownership of property. Well, let me tell you, let me kind of define that. Let me break that down just a little bit more for you. You know, it all sounds well and good. Well, everybody ought to, you know, own the businesses. You know, the fat cats shouldn't do that. Well, let's take a look at this. You, most of you who are close to my age or younger have some sort of retirement plan. You have a savings account. Hopefully, if you don't and you're planning on living off Social Security, well, good luck with that because Social Security will provide maybe half of what you need to live on, so I wouldn't count on it too much. But most of you have an IRA or a 401k or a 403b or a corporate retirement account or a simple retirement plan, a simple IRA or something, uh, or a Roth IRA or an annuity or cash value in a life insurance policy, you have all this money that is a number right now. It's a digital number, and I know how much money's in my retirement account. I know what the number says, but that number is just a number until you get the cash in hand. So, in a socialistic form of government, it wouldn't be right for me to own that retirement vehicle because, oh, well, some people some people have not planned. Some people have not prepared for retirement. And it's unfair for Jerry over there to have all that money that he's worked hard his entire life for to save up so he could retire comfortably. That's not fair for him to do that. So what we're going to do, we're going to take Jerry's money, and we're going to take Bob's money, and we're going to take Mike's money, and we're going to take Barry's money, or we're going to take everybody's money that they've worked hard and saved for, and we're going to use it for the common good. We're going to use it for the collective, if you will. Now, socialists, many of them will try to deny that, but it's true. It's true. So, you know, that's a little different look at, you know, what would happen if we had no private ownership. You know, and I've said this before. I had somebody tell me the other day, said, well, at least your house is paid for. You don't have to worry about losing your house. Well, you know, if the federal government, for example... Uh, decides to put a tax, federal tax, on your house, a federal property tax, and instead of being $2,000 a year, it's $20,000 a year, Uh, how long are you going to own that house? So the socialist plan is that everybody is on the dole. Everybody gets a government paycheck, and the government controls that, and you turn all your private property over over to the government, so in exchange, they'll give you a dole check every month. Uh, once the government owns your real estate, 
then what will happen out of that dole check, they will deduct rent, and you'll be renting from the government. And you say, well, you know, I own my house, I own my house. Well, no, you really don't. Try not paying your property tax for about a couple of years and see who owns your house. It's not you. It's the taxing body that uh, owns your house. Now, let's take a look. Let's take a look, and this comes straight from the website. Did you know there was a socialist party in America? You know, there's Democrats, there's Republicans, there's Independents, there's Libertarians, and yes, there's a Socialist Party in America. There's even a Communist Party in America. But the Democratic Socialists of America, DSA, have a website. And on that website, you can find out what they have to say about socialism. Now, I'm going to read from their website some some comments and some descriptions that they have, and we're going to discuss those a little bit uh, for the rest of the broadcast today and for next week's broadcast before we move on to something else. They say from their website, the Democratic Socialists of America, the Democratic Socialists of America, DSA, is the largest socialist organization in the United States. There's more than one, but this is the biggie. This is the biggie. DSA's members are building progressive movements for social change while establishing an openly democratic socialist president in America's communities and politics. So they're involved in politics. You hear most of the Democrats calling themselves progressives nowadays. Well, that's why. Because these progressive ideas stem from socialism. And so they are not, you don't have conservative socialist groups. Socialists are always liberal. They're left-wing. They are far left-wing. And now the candidates that we have today, the Democratic candidates, they don't even try to hide it anymore. They used to at least be in the closet with them, but now they're right out in the open. And, you know, you've got Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, two of the most liberal-thinking uh, Democrats that we could think of, that we could have, running for president and vice president of the United States. So that's what the socialists think. And they're active. Make no mistake, they're active in politics. At the root of our socialism, they say, is a profound commitment to democracy as a means to an end. Now, what's the end What's the means, the means to an end? You see, democracy, oh, well, they, they believe in democracy. They believe in democracy. Well, folks, we don't live in a democracy. We live in a republic, and we have a representative form of government where we elect officials to that supposedly represent us in Washington, D.C., but it's not a democracy. Every time we want to do something, we don't take a vote of everybody in the United States. A true democracy, everybody has one vote. Everybody has one say. There would be no need for senators and congressmen and all these people because everybody has an equal vote. You say, well, democracy, that's got to be good. Well, what if you were involved in a group, let's say an investment club, and there are investment clubs, and let's say there are 25 of you in the group. And somebody decided that they wanted to recommend that the group, that investment club, take all of their money and invest it in ABC Incorporated, whatever that is. I'm not talking about the broadcasting network. I'm just making up a name of a company. 
But you knew, you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that that was a shady deal. You knew that uh, it was very risky and was probably going to fail, and you were opposed to that. So you said, no, no, I, I don't want to do that. Well, guess what? If the other 19 or if 11 out of the 20 decide they want to do it, guess what? You're going to do it. So they're going to take your money, your money that you've got in the investment group, and they're going to invest it in something. And if they lose it, so what? You lost it. That's the way it goes. So it sounds good on the surface, this democracy business, but as we are unlikely to see, they, they tell us. Now listen to what they tell us on their own website. As we are unlikely to see an immediate end to capitalism tomorrow. In other words, we see an end to capitalism. These socialists see an end to capitalism. We're going to destroy capitalism, but it's probably not going to happen tomorrow. So DSA fights for reforms today that will weaken the power of corporations and increase the power of working people. For example, we support reforms that... All right, so they're you know they're they're promoting uh, weakening corporations. I'm not making this up. It's on their website. Go and look at it. Democratic Socialists of America. It's right there. You can read it yourself if you don't trust me. But they believe and support reforms that decrease the influence of money in politics, empower ordinary people in workplaces and the economy and restructure gender and cultural relationships to be more equitable. Now, what is that doublespeak? What is that all about? Well, it's just a way of moving the power from our representative government to a small group of socialists who are going to make the decisions. You know, you as a socialist, you might think that you can think for yourself and make your own decisions, but you can't. It's a small group of people that do that. They also describe themselves, they say, we are activists committed to democracy as not simply one of our political values, but our means of restructuring society. Want to do away with our form of government, have a quote-unquote democratic socialist uh, society that does away with private ownership and puts everything into the hands of the populace, but the populace is really just a small group of socialists. Our vision is of a society in which people have a real voice in the choices and relationships that affect the entirety of our lives. What does that mean? That means if I'm a have-nothing and you are a have, you know there are haves, there are have-nots, and there's have-nots but one a little more, those groups of people. If, if, if we are one of the haves but the have-nots say, you don't need that money, and there's more have-nots than haves, guess what? They're going to take your stuff. They're going to take my stuff. Now, if you're a have-not that has no work ethic, well, you're probably excited about that. I'll get some old Jerry's stuff. He doesn't need it. I'll get some of his stuff. I can sit here on my duff all day long and do nothing, and Jerry has worked all his life for this stuff, and now all of a sudden I'm going to take it because I want it. We call this vision democratic socialism. That's what they say. A vision of a more free, democratic, and humane society.
Wow. <laughs> wow. Says, we are socialists because we reject an international economic order sustained by private, profit, alienated labor, race and gender discrimination, environmental destruction, and brutality and, vi- and violence in defense of the status quo. So we're not for companies making profit. We don't want that. We want all that wealth divided equally. I never in my life ever ask a poor man for a job. Of course, poor men don't create jobs. They don't create wealth. Rich men are rich because they have invested, they have worked, they have created um, jobs for hundreds and thousands of people. And if it weren't for the rich venture capitalists, uh, we little guys wouldn't have a job. We wouldn't have a place to, that we call our workplace. It says, we are socialists because we share a vision of a humane international social order based both on democratic planning and market mechanisms to achieve equitable distribution of resources. What does that mean? What does that mean, equitable distribution of resources? You know what it means. I don't have to explain that to you. If I really have to explain that to you, you probably maybe, you know, have got a real problem. What that means is the equitable distribution of resources is take from the haves and give to the have-nots. It's the Robin Hood principle. Rob from the rich and give to the poor. Except this Robin Hood is going to rob from the rich and give it to the collective, and they're going to decide, the collective is going to decide how much the poor gets, what their dole check is going to be on a monthly basis. DSA also has a youth section, you'll be happy to know, made up of students from colleges and high schools. The YDSA works on economic justice and democracy and prison justice projects. YDSA meets several times during the year. Wow. Wow. So there's all these things that the democratic socialists believe. Um, they go on to say in their website, they ask this question, what is democratic socialism? Democratic socialists believe that both the economy and society should be run democratically to meet public needs. What are those public needs? You know, the government was formed to provide for the health, safety, and welfare of the populace. The government was put in place to provide infrastructure, roads, to provide a military to protect us, to provide for the common welfare. But they weren't set up to run everything. What they're talking about here is running the system more democratically. What do they mean by that? That means take from the rich, give to the poor. You say, well, it's okay. Those fat cats, they got no, 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 no. You're rich too. If you're middle class, if you have a savings account, if you have a retirement plan, you're rich. You're rich. They're going to take your stuff too. 
to achieve a more just society, many structures of our government and economy must be radically transformed. Understand, not transformed, but radically transformed through greater economic and social democracy so that ordinary Americans can participate in the many decisions that affect our lives. Democracy and socialism go hand in hand. All over the world, wherever the idea of democracy has taken root, the vision of socialism has taken root as well. Everywhere but in the United States, they say. Everywhere but in the United States. Because of this, many false ideas about socialism have developed in the U.S. No, I think we have a pretty good idea of what socialism is all about. I think we do. It's destroying private ownership. It's destroying business. It's destroying our way of life. And that, my friends, is why this election is so vitally important. I've heard people say, actually say this, well, I vote for anybody before I vote for Donald Trump. (laughs) I understand you Trump haters. I get it. So you're going to vote for anybody besides Donald Trump? You're going to vote for a couple of socialists that um, really want to take your stuff and spread it out? These people who were sympathetic to the rioters and looters from Antifa or Antifa, however you want to say that, and BLM and any other bunch of thugs that are out there looting and rioting and pillaging. You know, we have some of these socialist mayors and governors in some of these cities and states who demand that the federal government stay out of it, let them riot, let them have their summers of love. Well, folks, that's a dangerous, dangerous scenario. I would encourage you to get a book. I like to surround myself with good literature. Uh, I don't know if you know Dinesh D'Souza or not, or if you've even ever heard of him. His name is spelled D-I-N-E-S-H, D-I-N-E-S-H, the letter D, and an apostrophe, Souza, S-O-U-Z-A, Dinesh D'Souza. And he's written several books, and uh, he is a voice for conservatives. He is a voice. He's a patriotic voice. He's from India originally. But he loves America, and he loves our country. And he wrote a book entitled United States of Socialism. Now, I haven't finished that book yet, but I'm in the process of reading it. I suggest you buy the book. I think I paid maybe 15 16 bucks for it, something like that. United States of Socialism. See what he has to say. And then there's another book I suggest you get. Now, I really had a hard time turning loose of the money on this one. I paid $14 for Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. Now, I hate for any of my money to go to the estate of Saul Alinsky. But I wanted to read the enemy's playbook. And trust me, it's well worth your $14, even though it is going to some folks that I don't particularly agree with. Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. 
and the United States of Socialism by Dinesh D'Souza. Now, you can go out there on YouTube, type in Dinesh D'Souza, and you'll see him uh, in, with a lot of different uh, programs and a lot of different uh, um, speeches that he does. Dinesh D'Souza. Well, next week we're going to attack some more... Um, um, Oh, what's the word I want to use? We're going to attack some more principles, I guess, is what we're looking at, of this uh, Democratic Socialists of America. Not something we've made up, made up, but right from their website to show you what a danger this is to our country. And for you to say, I'd vote for anybody, I'd vote for Joseph Stalin, I'd vote for Nikita Khrushchev, I'd vote for Vladimir Putin before I'd vote for Trump, you have no idea what you're saying. And if you're in that, if you're in that uh, category, never Trumper, then my advice, swallow your pride, hold your nose if you have to, but my, my, if these socialists get in in November, it's over. It's over. Well, listen, that's all the time we have today. Uh, We're going to um, uh, pick up here where we left off next week, and we'll finish this discussion about the fascination of socialism, and we're going to take information once again right off the Democratic Socialists of America website. Not something we made up, not something some conservative politician made up, some talking point, but we're going to make exactly, um, take it exactly from their website. Okay. Well, listen, that's all we have time for today. I hope you've enjoyed our podcast today, and I hope you'll join us for our next episode as we wrap up this discussion regarding socialism. But until then, have a great week, and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye. (music) 